This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. We are headed to the quarterfinal round of the TSSAA playoffs, but before we get to that, we've got to take a look back at high school football action from across Southeast Tennessee in round two. We are running out of teams, man. <laughs> they are dropping like flies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I didn't even think that this week we would be dropping. I mean, you expect in the second round a lot of the teams are going to fall off, but we had some upsets this week, and I, I'm really surprised at the number of teams we have left this week, Chris. Yeah, it's not out of the question, Chandler, that we won't have a team in Cookville. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a gimme at all for anybody oh, no. to be able to get to Cookville. I think Meigs County probably has the best chance. But I don't think it's a gimme for anybody. This is Southeast Tennessee Preps, SETN Preps Podcast. I'm Chris Goforth. He's Chandler Morrison. We do this twice a week. We take some time on a Monday, and we take a look back at all the action from Friday night. And then later on in the week, on Thursday, we'll be back with you again, and we'll preview the quarterfinal round. We do have a couple of teams left, and we'll get into that. By the way, you can find us out there. You can find us on Twitter. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. You can also find us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash SETN Preps. And if you uh, subscribe to podcast on iTunes, you can find us there. Go to the Southeast TN Prep Podcast. You can find it and you can subscribe. Make sure you subscribe rate and review the podcast we certainly appreciate you doing it this is our first year doing this and uh, we've gone all the way through the regular season and we plan to be with you all the way through the playoffs as well we've got five teams left quarterfinals coming up this friday uh chandler and once again this week we'll have two more of our local teams squaring off against each other when South Pittsburgh and Whit will meet for the second time this year. So we'll get to that coming up on Friday or on Thursday. We also uh, will do our picks as we do uh, every week. That'll be later on in the week as well. Chandler, let's go ahead and get started this week because we got a lot of games to cover, uh, a lot of games yeah. to get into. Let's start in Class 1A. We'll go real quickly, South Pittsburgh and Gordonsville first. Not a great start for South Pittsburgh. We talked about this last week, about how tough it is to go on the road. It's not an easy place to go play when you have to go to Trousdale or to uh, Gordonsville, rather. It's also a really, really tough drive to, to be able to get there. It's not an easy trip for anybody. South Pittsburgh looked a little sluggish out of the gate. Now, they got it figured out in the second half, and I think their first you know, four or five drives, whatever it was, of the second half really tended to change this game. Gordonsville struggled, um, and they've struggled of late. They are playing without Braxton Givens, who went down with an injury a couple of weeks ago and was done for the year. He has been their bell cow, their their all-state tailback, a guy that carries the ball 30, 40 times a game sometimes uh, for Gordonsville, and without him, they're just not the same. But a good win for the Pirates, and they – cruise into the quarterfinals now for a showdown with Whitwell on Friday night. Yeah, Chris, I mean, this is the game I kept an eye on. This is, you know, I was at the Squatch County Red Bank game, and we'll get to that later, but I got to watch kind of the live stream while I was watching this other game. What stood out to me was when I started watching, I started watching about half of the first scoreless. The beginning of the second quarter, Chris, Gordonville goes on a drive. They start the drive at the beginning of the second quarter. They score, 
But by the time, you know, they start at the beginning of the second quarter, by the time they score, there's like a minute and a half left in the half. So they went on like an 11, almost an 11-minute drive, Chris. And that, to me, I thought, well, you know, right now, South Pittsburgh is really in some trouble. When you keep South Pittsburgh off the field for an entire quarter, Chris, I mean, that's when you have problems. But don't ever underestimate a big rider with a halftime to adjust. I, you, you can't ever underestimate South Pittsburgh, really, with a halftime to adjust, Chris. And they came back, they scored the three touchdowns, like, a few minutes, about a few minutes into the fourth quarter. And, Chris, now we get this round two of Whitwell. South Pittsburgh this week, and I, I can't tell you how excited I am to see that. Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a good one as well. And uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, I think that if you're a team like Gordonsville, pretty much if you're anybody, I think in in Class One A, anytime you play South Pittsburgh, it, it's good practice. It's good business for you if you can limit the number of times they touch the ball. I think that equals success against them because you keep that offense off the field when you can when you can do that. And so I think that was a smart move by Gordonsville, but you now a lot of that depends on you have to be able to execute and you really have to be able to convert on third down. Third downs become huge when you play that style of football. Let's move on. Whitwell and Lookout Valley. Whitwell took the win uh, on Friday night. They advance, as Chandler just mentioned. They'll play South Pittsburgh this week. First off, let me say this. Really, really impressed by the job that David Dinger has done at Lookout Valley. This team, the team that played Friday night against Whitwell, not the same team that Whitwell saw back in September. This Lookout Valley team, they've gotten better as the year has gone on, and that's a credit to Coach David Dinger and his staff. Now, I say all that to say I think this is the most athletic Whitwell team ever. I mean, I, I, this is unbelievable. Um, and it's been since 1991 that Whitwell has had this kind of an opportunity. But if they win on Friday night against South Pittsburgh, and yes, that means beating your arch nemesis, beating the evil empire twice in one year. But if they can do that, they go to the semifinals for only the second time in school history, and that would just be massive for those kids. But as I have said before, it's 13 seniors, and it's 13 guys that have been together for a long time, that have played together growing up, and now they get a chance as seniors to be able to create something special. And I think in a small school environment, like a Whitwell, pretty much any 1A or 2A program in our area, when you get this type of situation where you got a bunch of kids that have played together for a long time, this is what you live for, you know, because this this type, this group doesn't come along but once every couple of years at most places. And this is a special group of kids they have and they've got to look. They've got a chance Friday night to beat South Pittsburgh for the second time. You know they took it to them. They took the fight to South Pittsburgh big time back in that first meeting. They'll have to do it again in this one. And then look, I, I know Greenback is really good, but Whitwell gets them at home. And look, Whitwell's a pretty good football team too. So. You know, they've got a chance to possibly end up that first Saturday in December to be playing in Cookville. And I think that is, uh, I think that would be a remarkable story if they can take it that long. Yeah, Chris, I mean, the thing about that is, I mean, you just kind of 
feel. We talk about this all the time in college football, but it just kind of feels like right now Wilk was just one of those teams of, dare I say, destiny. I mean, they've just got – like, I mean, you're talking about a team that to be as good as they are and to stay as healthy as they are for a 1A program is, you know, there's a little bit of luck involved with that, but there's also a lot of talent involved with that. And wouldn't it be the story of the year, Chris, if the one school for Marion County – to get the next state championship was not Marion County or South Pittsburgh, but Whitwell. Be special. Let's go to 2A real quick. No surprise that Meigs County beat Rockwood. I actually thought Meigs County would beat them a little more. I thought that beating yeah. might be a little worse than what it was, but I'm not surprised that Meigs County got the win. What I am surprised is not only did yeah. Trousdale County beat Tyner, but Chandler, they didn't just beat Tyner. I mean, they beat Tyner. On Friday night. Yeah, Chris. I mean, I had I had some serious thoughts, and I'm not saying it's just hindsight, Chris. I was actually, before the show, last show, I was thinking, I think Trousdale has a chance in this one. I knew it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a close, and I thought maybe, I, th- I was actually thinking about picking Trousdale, because I thought, well, you know what, Tyner's a really good team. i got to give them credit. They've not proven me wrong this year yet. This is about just the team. Now, had they made it to this week, Chris, I probably wouldn't have picked them. Watertown's a really good team, and I don't know a lot of teams that could beat Watertown, you know, outside of a Tyner and Trousdale and Meigs. But Trousdale was impressive, and I really don't know what to think of this, Chris. I don't know if this, if Tyner was just a tad, not, not big hugely, but just we give them a lot of credit because of who their coach is, because of, you know, the attack that they've had on offense this year and kind of the, I guess, we, we kind of think of South Pittsburgh as a traditional program. Tyler really, too, is a traditional program. They've been able to do it over the years. Or was this just a Trousdale fruit? A fluke? I don't know how good Trousdale is, whether this was just a one-night thing or whether Trousdale just stepped in and said, all right, we're going to take off Tyler because they're a state powerhouse, too. But in this sense, you just kind of felt like Tyler was the better team. This game really gave me more questions than answers, Chris. Yeah, I, again, I, I was shocked. And I can't say that I'm surprised. I mean, I'm with you. I can't necessarily say that I'm surprised that Trousdale County won this. And I think I said this last week. If if this game would have been played at Trousdale County, then I probably would have been more willing to lean towards the Jackets. But I had just thought the whole time that, you know, we were going to see Meigs County and Tyner uh, at some point in time in this playoff. It You know, I just thought those two were on a collision course for each other and Trousdale County had other plans and and I'll give it to them and and you know they had different guys step up for them that you know Satterfield kid had a big night on Friday night so they got all the you know it's Trousdale County and you you know when you get into November and it's you know Hartsville Tennessee can be a uh, there's there's some magic that happens there on Friday nights in November so Look out uh, for the rest of 2A football because Trousdale County, I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Let's go to 3A Chandler, the game that you were at, Red Bank and Sequatchie County, which might have been, that might have been, well, I don't know now. We're going to get to one later on between Notre Dame and FRA <laughs> that was a pretty good game, I think. But this Red Bank-Sequatchie game may be the game of the night. Um, I think both teams had some mistakes. I think both teams had their chances. I think Calvin Jackson again proved that he's one of the best players in our area. And a Red Bank with a sophomore running back to go over 100 yards rushing, I think they show that they're a little more than just Wilkie and Jackson 
which is kind of what we've painted him as the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Chris, I mean, here's the thing. We, we thought this one would be close. We talked last week. If this was a wet field, if this were muddy, if this were one of those gritty-type games, we thought that this one would be a close one. If not, Redback was just going to roll out of there. But it was, it was a rainy day, but it was a pretty dry field. It was pretty favorable weather conditions. The one thing I did notice is when Redback stepped on the field and you looked across the field and you make that pregame comparison, Chris, they were big and they were bigger and more athletic than Sequatchie County looked. Okay, but Sequatchie County came to play. They fought from behind like they did last year. They actually, here's the thing, they actually drove down the field, scored a touchdown within the last minute. They managed the clock well. There was just enough time. There was just not enough time when they got it going because of a field goal. And by the way, they had a penalty right there, and that was one of the mistakes we talk about, Chris. They had an offside penalty that probably would have kept, if they wouldn't have got that offside penalty, you're talking about a field goal that might or might not have been made there at the end. And then we're going to overtime and talking about Red Bank uh, winning this game right now. But let me tell you something. I do want to say this about Squatch County real quick before we go on and we just forget about them and, and we go off into the playoff abyss, Chris. They have an athlete. He was a senior this year. And I just want to give him some credit. In the past three games, he has caught touchdown passes. And you know and I know that Sequatchie County does not throw touchdown passes too often. He's a tight end. His name is Justin Lamparter. He did a freaking good job. It's just being able to catch the ball. I think he caught four or five passes on that last touchdown drive to get them, you know, down there and at least get them in the in the range of points or whatever. But but like you said, Calvin Jackson, he was just able to, to come out and they ran the clock down there late in the fourth quarter um, and were able to get the field goal late to kind of take this game over um, in a game that probably would have went to overtime had he not. Sequatchie County just came out of that penalty. I mean, you, you talked about, we talked about Upperman. It came down to one penalty on defense. You've talked about this game. It came down to one penalty on defense, Chris. You know, it's, I mean, it's just how Sequatchie County has been the past few years, except for maybe the year they went 13-1. But it just seems like that's the Sequatchie County thing is there's one mistake you make, and it's the mistake that makes the difference in the game. So how good will Sequatchie County be next next year? You know, they don't. they don't – lose a whole lot. They have a lot of key players still in there. So, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to go and they're going to beat Red Bank at this time next year, Chris, but I think Mark Wattenberger, if he, you know, if he can stay at Squash County, if he can be there for the long haul, Chris, I think he's a really good coach, first of all. And second of all, I think he is the right fit for Squash County. When he was at Stone, you know, it was a bigger program. You know, it was harder to compete. It was like 4A, 5A, I think, out at Stone Memorial. I think he's at the right spot, he's found the right place, and he's got the right system in place. You know, maybe if he can get the passing game a little bit more oriented there, I think he'll be fine. But it's going to be more about the coaching than it is the players, I think, in the next few years because you're starting to dwindle out. Because we had some really good players a few years ago, and not saying they're not good now, but they're starting to dwindle down as how many you have compared to how many you had a few years ago. Let's move on now. In 4A, we already, uh, well, we were teamless in 4A. Now we're teamless in 5A as Farragut mm. scores on every possession and defeats Udawa. Farragut's just good. We knew that going in. I think you and I had both picked uh, Farragut to win this game, um, but they scored at will. And then they put their backups in, and the backups scored at will on Udawa. Mm. But, look, yeah. kudos to, to Coach Scott Chandler at, at Udawa. Um, mm-hmm. this has pretty much been the ceiling for Udawa football, right? I mean, I, I, that's not mm-hmm. a knock. That's been 
this is it. Um, you know, history says, yeah, history says this is the ceiling for Udawah football is you get to the second round. But uh, he got him there, and congrats. And I just think if you haven't read it yet, the uh, the article that Davis Lundy wrote for the Chattanooga Times Free Press a couple of weeks ago um, about the he spent a week with the Udawah football team leading up to the game against Cleveland. I thought that was just really well done, and I tell you what, if you're not a fan of the Udawa coaching staff, if you'll read that story, that story will make you a fan of the Udawa coaching staff because I think that's a good group, and I think it's guys that are doing things the right way, and it's guys that understand what they have to do to compete and to be successful um, at that classification, and so you know, kudos to Udawa for uh, for playing as well as they did. They, you know, despite a, a you know a loss to Farragut, I think they've had a a good season and uh, interested to see where they go going forward. Yeah, Chris. I mean, I mean, it's just six A teams go to die in Knoxville, Chris. This is not like it's like you said. It's not a knock on Udawa or any team for really from Chattanooga. It's just how it is. I mean, Udawa is good, great. I mean. But there's such a gap between Chattanooga and Knoxville and 6A. I, I hate they see it, their season in like this with such a great team. You're talking about a team that if they're in 5A, if they have a few less kids, Chris, they might be vying for a state title game. That's how good this team is. They're just locked in 6A. You know, and I feel like, uh, you know, Udawa really, I feel like they peaked a little too early this season. But at the same time, Chris, even if you peak late, you got Maribel waiting for you, even if you were to beat Farragut. So, I mean, you know, I, it's, it's, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> Speaking of 5A, we now no longer have a 5A team remaining. We only had one uh, in Saudi Daisy, and they were bounced out by Oak Ridge on Friday night to end their season. No surprise there. I mean, Oak Ridge is Oak Ridge. And, I mean, again, Chandler is, as you said, just a moment ago, and as we've said here countless times, Knoxville is where our 5A and 6A teams from Chattanooga, they go to Knoxville to die in November. They just, you know, for whatever reason, teams from Chattanooga have a really hard time in the upper classifications trying to contend with those teams from Knoxville. They just can't do it. Yeah, and I mean, when you've, you've not got Gavin Chambers starting in this game, you know, when someone else out like that, it's hard to make things work anyway. I don't think it would have made too much of a difference here, Chris, because Oak Ridge is just good. I mean, Side Daisy didn't get the offense rolling early, and Oak Ridge did. They took advantage of Side Daisy's weaknesses. They took advantage of Side Daisy not scoring. And I mean, it is just a real simple equation there to figure out. Let's move on. Let's go to the uh, the private school classifications. Uh, Grace falls to Davidson Academy. Uh, you and I talked about that a little bit last week. I think we both took uh, Davidson Academy in that. The game that I'm still befuddled a bit about is Notre Dame and FRA. Notre Dame runs out. They had a big lead on FRA, and then they couldn't hold it. Um, this might have been the best game to go watch on Friday night, if you didn't have a dog in the fight and you just wanted to go watch some some good football, Notre Dame races out to the big lead, and then they try to hold off FRA at the end, and they're not able to do it. Notre Dame with a pass interference penalty late in the fourth on the, the drive that FRA um, put them in good field position. I believe that came on the drive that tied the game. Um, 
but a pass interference penalty, just a huge mistake for Notre Dame that allowed FRA to be able to stay in this thing. And um, FRA, much better, much better than what their record indicates, Chandler. that That's a good team. they got a ton of talent. they got a bunch of guys that are going to go play big-time college football next year. I just thought Notre Dame had better athletes, and I still think Notre Dame probably has some better athletes. But at the end, you know, FRA was able to execute and pull it out. I mean, you say this is a game to go watch. I do want to say this. Chris, if I told you Friday night that you could go to the Franklin Road Academy game against Notre Dame for free, would you go? Oh, if I didn't have anywhere else to go, um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that those are two teams. You know, I mean, we know about yeah. Notre Dame here locally, and FRA has, they've had some playoff success in the past. So on the mm-hmm. surface, prob- I don't know, probably not. Probably well, not. I mean, I mean, I didn't think. You know, when I I was Friday night after the games, I, was, I went home, I popped on the television, and I see this score that Franklin Road Academy is beating Notre Dame, and like I don't get shocked about a lot of high school football because I know things happen. I know that teams are not what we expect, and sometimes you don't see them in person. It's hard to gauge how good they are, Chris. But I literally was watching this, and there was an audible, "Whoa!" Like I, I what? Like I was sitting there like. Everybody else in the room, I was like, can you believe this? Blah, blah, blah. They're, like, they're looking at me because, of course, of course, I'm a high school fo- football fan nut, Chris. We both are. <laughs> they're like, why are you yelling? I was like, this is crazy. To me, this is like one of the, not the biggest upset of the year, but it's a pretty big upset, Chris. I mean, I, you know, if you told me that I was going to go to this game, I was like, ah, I'm expecting maybe not a blowout, but definitely not a close game that went down to the wire. I just expected Notre Dame to win this one, maybe just kind of graze over near the end and, and go on. I didn't expect anywhere near the closest game as we saw. But this is a textbook case, Chris, of what happens when you show up expecting a win instead of walking in and thinking you need to fight for that win, Chris. Well, you just don't typically expect to see a team that went six and four uh, in the play in the in the regular season to to go in and beat a nine and one team. It you know that's mm-hmm. that is the exception that is certainly not the norm. McCauley knocks off Innsworth on Friday night, so McCauley moves into the semifinals. Uh, they are the only private school that we have left. Chandler, you and I have both said all year they're the best team in the area. They've got another tough task coming up this week. They'll face an unbeaten Memphis University school for a chance to go to the uh, D2 state championship game if they can get the win, but McCauley and MUS on Friday night now. That's a game I'd go see. That's a game you wouldn't have to. You, you wouldn't have to uh, give me a free ticket. That might be one I'd pay to go watch because I think that one has a chance to be good, and it would be a huge, huge win for Macaulay if they can get it on Friday night. Yeah, Chris. I mean, there's no shots here. I mean, when you play somebody twice, it's hard, you know. And I, I thought this one was a little bit closer than what I expected, but then when you think about it, when you play somebody twice. It's going to be a closer game the second time. And then you got to think, too, Chris, this is Division Two. There's a lot of parity. I'm, and then you think about that, and you're like, well, I'm, not, I'm surprised it wasn't a little bit closer. It hit a little bit, Chris, but there's no shock here. I think this is kind of what you should expect from this kind of game. And like you said, I, I'm ready for this MUS game next week between them and, and, and MUS. Let's uh, take a look at some of the games that involve our local teams next week. Quarterfinal round. We start in Class 1A. We will preview these games in detail on 
Thursday, so make sure you're with us Thursday. But you've got uh, Whitwell hosting South Pittsburgh on Friday night. Whitwell is the host team in this by virtue of beating South Pittsburgh earlier in the regular season. Whitwell's the higher-seeded team, and when higher-seeded teams face off from the same region, um, it's the highest seed that gets to be the host. So Whitwell uh, will host South Pittsburgh on Friday night in 2A. Meigs County will take on South Green. The winner of that game will get either Trousdale and Watertown in the semifinals the following week. And that's another one that should be pretty good. I mean, that's a matchup of the number one and the number two teams, Chandler, out of Region 4 between Trousdale and Watertown. And I want to say that was a seven-point game, a one-score game back earlier in the year when those two yeah, looked up. Yeah, I believe up. it was, Chris. Yeah, Red, yeah Bank, Red Bank has Upperman this week. So, Chandler, I'll be leaning on you a little bit uh, later on in the week to, to give us some details on the Upperman Bees, as that will be Red Bank's opponent this week. And right now, sadly, we have nobody left in Class 4A. We have nobody left in Class 5A, mm. although I do believe the game between Knox Catholic and Oak Ridge Friday night uh, in the quarterfinals should be a good one. We have nobody left in 6A. Do you give Farragut any shot at all against Maryville? I think I do, Chris, because I think, I think Maryville is due. I, I really do. I think I think sometimes teams are due to lose. I mean, I, I think that they are, but I, I do give Farragut a pretty good chance in that one. I mean, that's, yeah. We have nobody left in Division Two, Class 1A, nobody left in Division Two, Class 2A, and we've already talked about Macaulay and MUS Friday night in Class 3A. So we will get into all those games coming up later on in the week. Chandler, right now it's time for our highlight, our low light, and our fail from the weekend. I will lead us off this week. Uh, my highlight of the week, I'm going to go with the two teams that won this week. I missed two games in our picks. By the way, before we get to highlight, low light, fail, let me let, me let everybody know, especially because I can gloat some more. Uh, I went 8-2 and two in the picks last week. Uh, you went 5-5, five and five, so you're completely off the rails. Through two no, no, weeks. No, 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 no. I would make the playoffs. I would make the playoffs at 5-5, five and five, Chris. Come uh, on now. Uh, mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe in a four-team Maybe in a four-team region. Oh, oh. Maybe in a four-team oh. region. All right. Um, Shout out to Memphis East. But I've got uh, – I am now 30-5. and five through two weeks of the playoffs, you, sir, are 26-9 and nine through two weeks. But my highlight this week, I'm going I'm to give it to the two teams that um, I didn't think would win, and that's Trousdale. They beat Tyner, a team that I've had number two in my small school rankings all year. Chandler, you've had them number one. Trousdale County and FRA, two teams that played, uh, they played good games, very good games on Friday night and got the win. My highlight's got to be just the quality of games much better than it was last week. I mean, you're talking about we really only had one really close game last week, maybe two when you talk about Friday Central South Hill last week. But, you know, we had the Gordonsville South Pittsburgh game, which was closer than the score would let you indicate. I mean, it was a 0-0 game so almost to the second, almost to the halftime, Chris. You had you know, Sequatchie County Red Bank. That one was a close one, and, you know, it got away. They came back. It was just too much for Sequatchie County. You had the Franklin Road Academy and Notre Dame game that was really, really good to watch, and I'm sure it was just kind of one that wasn't expected to be close or expected to be a really good game, but it was. And then even like 
Meg's Rockwood. Rockwood was kind of hanging close to Meg's, hanging closer than what we've seen this year. And I think that's more if they played them twice, we got some tape on them. But still, I mean, that one was a little closer and gave you at least a little bit of excitement that, hey, Meg's is not uh, invincible like we, we saw they were earlier this year. What about your low light from the last um, from last Friday night, Chandler? Chris, my low light is the fact that we will never know whether Meggs County or Tyner was the better team because they will not play on the field this year. That is my low line. You know, that's a great point because how many times this week, how many minutes uh, of this podcast over the last, <laughs> you know, 15 weeks oh, or ever how long we've been doing this, how many weeks, how many minutes have we devoted to discussing Meggs County versus Tyner? And we both thought from the get-go that we would see those two collide at some point in the playoffs, and now we kind of get cheated out of that. My low light is the fact that we only have five teams left. And again, yeah. I I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but there's a real possibility that we could end up without a local team in Cookville. I think Whitwell mm-hmm. or South Pittsburgh um, has a chance in 1A, but one of those two bows out this week. I think Meigs County probably has the best chance. Red Bank and Upperman, that's a tough one. Uh, Macaulay MUS, that's a tough one for Macaulay. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you and I sat down next week to record this podcast and we realize that we've got either Whitwell or South Pittsburgh to talk about in Meigs County, and that's it. It would not surprise me one bit, Chris. My fail of the week as we do highlight, low light, and fail every week. My fail of the week is Notre Dame. I mean, I, again, I didn't see that coming. You race out to the big lead against FRA, and you're up on them, and then you can hold it, and you let them come back. And to be able to just – just the way things went down in the second half, and in particular the fourth quarter for Notre Dame, that's just – that is absolute gut-wrenching way uh, to lose a game, especially – we talked about those Whitwell seniors a little while ago, man, especially for those guys at Notre Dame because similar situation. They got a really, really special, really talented senior class again this year. They lost a lot to graduation last year. They lose more this year, but that's just a tough way to go out, Chandler. Yeah, Chris, uh, thanks for stealing my fail there, uh, but I, I had Notre Dame there too. I mean, it's just it, – it, I just – that, like I said, that was one of those, like, I don't I don't get shot by a lot of high school football, Chris. I don't, because I know, like, every now and then there's going to be an upset, and you're like, oh, that's going to happen. But this is probably the one game that if I ever bet money on high school football, and I would never, and I don't condone it, but that's probably the one game last week, maybe one or, one or two that I would have put money on that Notre Dame would have won. And they were the ones to lose that one, Chris. And there was just, when I saw that score, there was an audible, Whoa, what happened there? Yeah. Uh, Especially I mean, if you had yeah. followed that game through the night. Notre Dame was up. They had the lead. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling pretty smart about my picks at that point, And then everything just fell apart in the second half. I mean, literally, it just collapsed. So, mm-hmm. that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well, we have got one more week of football as we go into the quarterfinal rounds. You win this week. You go to the semifinals, and you got to practice on Thanksgiving. And I think for everybody in the state, there's something special, Chandler, when you get to practice football on Turkey Day. But in order to do that, you got to win this Friday night. 
We've got that big one between South Pittsburgh and Whitwell, Red Bank and Upperman, Macaulay and MUS. We're going to talk about all those games and everything else that we have going on across the state uh, when we uh, are back with you again on Thursday of this week for SETN Preps. Chandler, any final thoughts, anything? Did we miss anything this week? I don't think we did. I mean, we, we did a pretty thorough job, but... Uh, I, I was going to say, I did catch that, that Watertown trials just where it was 22-21, so it was a really, really close one. So that one will be a good one to watch next week. It's not even in our area. Yeah, I think so, and, I, and maybe we can take a look at, maybe we need to find a guest to come on and talk about some of those games that are, are not in our area this week, because I, I do think, you know, this time of the year, this is when it gets, not that it's not always fun, but you know, you get down to this round of the playoffs, you, you still got to be a pretty good team to still be playing at uh, this late stage in November. So I'm excited about it. Chandler and I will be back with you again on Thursday. Be looking for us. If you find us on Facebook every week, check it out Thursday, facebook.com slash Preps, and we'll be back to give you a complete preview of the quarterfinal round of the TSSAA playoffs. We'll do it on Thursday. Have a great week, everybody.